Go. Hi guys. Hi. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. Welcome back. So we are continuing from last week's episode. So if you guys did not listen to our Carol and Tuesday episode, go listen to that one first because we're going to be doing a little bit of comparative stuff and then come back and listen to this one. Yes. Yeah. So this is kind of a two-parter music-themed episode. Music. Yeah. And uh, the reason I wanted to do this one as the second parter is because I kind of found it interesting how this season had two like really strongly based musical animes that were very similar in a lot of ways, but were also very different in a lot of ways. And I kind of wanted to compare like which flavor each show is so that way you guys could figure out which one is more branded towards your tastes. Yes. Yeah. So this week we're talking about Given. Yay. <laughs> Instead of two girls, it's two guys. Well, four guys, but <laughs> <laughs> So so does that double the gay? It doubles the D- gay. Double the men, double the gay. Yeah. Well, and then there's also the other uh guys that were like part of these guys' pasts and so that like that expands it. So that's like eight times the gay, at least. <laughs> eight times, yeah. boy. <laughs> eight times the gay, at least. Minimum. We are working at a minimum wage gay, all right? <laughs> uh, so that's seven twenty-five a gay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least here it is. <laughs> As a, supposed to be a living wage gay. Yes. So... Uh, Unlike Carol and Tuesday, where everything's kind of left a little bit, like, ambitious as to what the relationship is, this show does not. This show is absolutely all about the boy love. It is. And it does not leave anything to interpretation. You know who likes who, and who's going to be with who, and who's going to get with who, and who wants to get with who, and all yes. of that. Yes. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many love circles in this series, but... The drama isn't even it's, really focused around the love circles so much as it's focused around the characters as individuals. It's it's less of, like, love circles and more, like, love pentagrams. Yeah. Well, you haven't read the manga. So... <laughs> I have read ahead on in the series, so... I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. So... Just to give you guys a quick synopsis on what Given is about, we have talked about it in the past. I told you guys we would eventually be doing a Given episode. Uh, but the series starts with the character Oyama, who is just trying to take a nap because he's a tired high schooler. Uh, I mean, weren't we all in high school? Yeah. So he's just trying to t- take a nap during his lunch break. And he finds a boy there clinging onto a rusty guitar. Just, just an old. It's just a guitar case, so he doesn't know that it's rusty. No, he he knows it's rusty. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, I'm... he's clinging onto a rusty guitar, and he tells him, you know, you need to fix that, and so he helps the boy replace the rusty sh- uh, strings. He, he's just like, wait, what? You can fix it? Yeah, and the boy basically begs him to teach him how to play guitar. Yeah. In exchange for helping him fix it, and. Later... To which his reply is, just go to the light music club. Yeah. Later, Oyama embraces this new boy whose name is Mafuyu Sato, 
and not only agrees to teach him guitar, but also convinces him to join his band because he finds out that he has an amazing vocal range and could be probably one of the best singers ever. Yes. Yeah, he just needs some formal training. That boy got a voice. That boy got a voice. It's just amazing because normally he's extremely quiet. Yeah, like... Even even when he talks, he, he doesn't really say more than, like, two or three words at a time. Yeah, so the story really is about Mafuyu Sato and finding out why he had this rusty guitar and him starting to become more open about singing and playing guitar and dealing with his past and the relationship that he forms with Oyama. And that's basically a lot of the details that you just need to know. Those are the need-to-know facts. Those are the, yes, those, that's the basics. Yeah. So, the biggest reason I wanted to compare this to Carol on Tuesday, other than the obvious music angle, was that I felt that this series was... It took the approach of these relationships to the polar opposite as Carol on Tuesday. So, last week we were talking about how Tuesday is kind of, you know, this rich girl who... She has problems, but her problems really don't seem that grounded or relatable. A lot of her problems are fairly first world. Versus Carol, who actually has real problems, but doesn't really think about it very she's, much. She's more carefree about it. Yeah, she doesn't even really consider her problems problems, even though she has this dark past. And we mentioned how that was extremely refreshing for character development to have a character who's constantly upset about her past when really there's not a lot going on versus a character who has a lot going on and doesn't care. Given is the exact opposite, where Mafuyu has a very, very tragic past and a lot of the story is focused around the healing process that he's going through because of that past. And his trauma and his story and all that are all very important elements not only to himself but to the story as a whole. Versus uh, Oyama, who, his problem is that he's a high school student. His problem is that he He needs to study for his uh, entrance exams. Not even that, because I don't even think he plans on going to college. His problem is that he became extremely passionate about the guitar at a very young age, and he became too good at the guitar, so now nothing interests him anymore. He's lost a lot of his passion. He's just tired all the time. and That's relatable. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't have a lot of connections with other people. Even his bandmates <laughs> are just kind of people he see every day. And his friends who he plays basketball with at lunch are just the friends he's always had. Everything's become mundane and routine. And it's not to say that he dislikes his life. He just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> It it doesn't stimulate him the way it used to. Exactly. He still likes all of the stuff that he's doing. He still likes basketball and music and his band and everything. And his just his life is too good right now. So Mafuyu being something in his life that is inconsistent, it's frustrating, but at the same time, it gives him that stimuli that he's missing it's it's something unique in his life and it's also his way of discovering that maybe i'm attracted to guys what yeah 
I don't believe that. I actually really like how this series approached the subject of uh, male-to-male romance as well. Because Oyama isn't looking at this like this is forbidden love. Like, oh, my life is so boring. I guess I better make it with a guy. Uh, no, It's not like that at all. He actually, it kind of hits him unexpectedly. He gets the butterfly feelings and... He doesn't know how to respond to it, and most of the time he just kind of ignores it, or he thinks that maybe there's something wrong with him. And it's not until his older bandmate, who's bisexual, tells him, you're perfectly normal. It's not weird to be attracted to somebody of the same sex. Yeah, Uh, so I know you were saying that, like, you've seen a lot of comments online and whatnot about people would be like well i wanted to watch this but it's just too gay yeah and to them i kind i I usually try not to be mean to our listeners but uh if you're like that grow up i'm sorry that's 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 kind of what i was getting at like (laughs) like it's honestly it's it's not like i understand a few Mm -hmm. years ago i probably would have been in the same boat as them Mm -hmm. you know I would have been like, oh, no, it's boy love. I don't want to watch this at all. Like, blah, whatever. Yeah. But you grow. For one. For two, like, honestly, it's not even really, like, super focused on the boy love. It's yeah. it's more about I sh- I how, would... like, they they come to find that they actually like each other. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not really any different than any other... Slice of life romance. Yeah, and it's not necessarily even that they're not focusing on, you know, the male relationship love. It's that this show doesn't take the normal formula that we see in Boy Love and Yaoi, where a lot of it... Like, we've mentioned this before, but Yaoi is made for women. Yaoi is... It's a fetish. It takes, you know, guy-guy love, and it turns it up to, like, a hundred... And is like, isn't this hot? This show doesn't do that. Yeah. And that's the difference. This show feels like it could be made for the LGBT community. Or could have even been made by somebody in the LGBT community. And the reason why that's so important is that Japan is kind of hitting a turning point where a lot of other Asian countries have suddenly become pro-LGBT and Japan is still sitting at a very conservative system, but we do see people coming out of the closet in Japan more regularly, whether they be celebrities or if they are people that are trying to sue the government over like their marriage rights, and it's becoming a big deal over there. So we are seeing more accurate representation in anime because of that. And this is a very good example of one of those cases. Yeah. I will even say, like, kind of a spoiler, but I have read ahead in the manga, and there is a scene in the manga that I started to be a bit concerned that it was going into that, like, yaoi fodder area, because one of the characters does something to another character that's not okay. It was not consensual, and it was just there to be like, oh, I know you want me, just accept it. And the character who was the victim in this scene 
is actually treated as a victim. And that's what the difference between this and Yowie is. And Yowie, it would have just been like, he would have just accepted it and would have been like, oh, I guess I did have feelings for oh, you after that's, all. that's so hard. I, I guess I actually did enjoy it. Yeah, but this series took that scenario... And even though the character who was the victim actually did have feelings at one point for his attacker, the fact that that scenario happened against his consent, he's like, I'm not okay with this. This is not right, and you do not come near me again. And it is treated very, very much as what it is. It was attempted rape. And I actually really appreciate that the writer took that angle. Because I was, when I first read it, I was very scared. I'm like, oh, God. This is just going to go back to you. You're turning pages. You're like, oh, God, please no. Please no. Please no. Yeah. And, yeah, I won't go too much into that scene because it does get very heavy spoiler area, and I won't even mention which characters it was, but that really is, like, to me, the biggest sign that this was created by somebody who either cares very much about the LGBT community or is possibly part of it. As opposed to just women writing comics for women. Yeah. So... But, yeah, so this story does revolve very heavily around the growing romance between Oyama and Mafuyu. One who's trying to discover his passion for life and one who's trying to heal. And I honestly love Mafuyu's character so much. Like I said, he's very, very much the opposite of Carol and Tuesday where his problems are very, very real, and he is suffering because of it. Yeah, he's... He's not shouldering it well. Y- y- you can clearly tell that he's depressed. Yeah. You know, he's he's not... He, he's, he's not able to, like, go go through the normal... The normal activities that you do in life, you know, Mm -hmm. he he has a very hard time doing it, just like you do when you're depressed. Yeah, and part of that is because of a traumatic experience he had within just a year before the series started, and we also get to learn a bit more about his past, where it's something that's always kind of existed in him. He's always had, like, a fragile uh, mental health. Uh, We find out that when he was a little boy his dad would beat him anytime he talked. And That's the silence. Yeah. So he basically developed this, like, kind of barrier where he is un- incapable of expressing himself out loud. So he's very, very quiet, and he usually doesn't show very many emotions... And he kind of keeps everything bottled up. And that's why it's even more impressive when we find out that he's an amazing singer. Because that's usually singing is something that you need to be very, very passionate about. So coming from a very timid, quiet boy makes it all the more special. The other major thing we find out is that, like, right off the first episode, we know that somebody in his life had died. You can actually see in the very few first few minutes he sees a body dangling from the ceiling. And so it's highly suggested it was suicide. Yeah. And it's also heavily suggested that the owner of the guitar was the person who killed themselves. Which is why he clings to it so much. It was his first love. Yeah. And so that kind of 
being somebody who would see like your first love hanging from the ceiling that causes an obvious like post-traumatic stress disorder situation and this series actually did take the care to make sure that all of the symptoms of stuff like that is handled very appropriately it's not super in your face but at the same time it feels very realistic like he's often sleeping a lot more than he should be he's not paying attention to his surroundings yeah he's kind of a space case yeah like he's just always out there he's like just not focusing yeah when he does talk it's usually in the form of a question meaning that he's not very assertive and there's like so many little details like even the way he walks with his head down uh the way he carries the guitar everything like the writer of this series definitely did their research on post-traumatic stress disorder and especially coming from a high school student where Oyama hasn't really ever dealt with anything like that. His parents are both well and healthy. He lives with his family. His sister's kind of a nag, but she's, we actually find out through the manga. Yeah. I was going to say, doesn't she have a a crush on one of his bandmates? Yes. She has a crush on the drummer in his band. Uh, We also find out that because he grew up with a sister that was so close to his age, he's actually really accustomed to talking to women. Like, she used used to make him do, like, errands and stuff for her, so... And, like, washing clothes and cooking and everything, so... He's used to things like, you know, handling girls' delicates and even, like, buying pads and tampons, and... He just thinks that that's things brothers do for their sisters. But I mostly mean, it's just his sister's a slave driver. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of weird. I've got three <laughs> sisters I I grew up with, and... Never had to buy the the <laughs> pads and tampons. Yeah, but I mean, them. we do see in the first episode that their laundry is usually washed together. Is like his underwear ended up like in her room, and she throws it at him and he's asleep. And she's like, "Keep your shit, at, you know, in your room." And he's like, "Why are you so bitchy, God? <laughs> Damn bitch!" So it's like you could tell that him and his sister. They fight a lot, but they're obviously extremely close. Yeah. And he doesn't consider any of it unusual, and all the other characters kind of point out, they're like, uh, yeah, Oyama knows how to talk to girls, because, well, his sister's kind of driven that into him. He's also not intimidated by ridiculously gorgeous girls, because his sister's a model. So, (laughs) like, Oyama's definitely comfortable around girls. Not so much comfortable around guys, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. He has a hard time expressing himself with guys. He does see his uh, drummer and his band as something of an older brother. And he mentions several times how he wants to be exactly like him and how he admires him. And that's why it's so important that the drummer is the character later who tells him, Hey, I've been with guys before. It's perfectly normal. You're, You're still a healthy high schooler. And you're a perfectly healthy guy, even if you're attracted to men. Like, that doesn't make you weird. And that was such a good, like, little moment between them, because he's just kind of like, I didn't know you were with guys. Wait, what? (laughs) He's like, uh, learn something new about my idol, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love, I love the bandmates, though. Right? Like, those, those two are fantastic. So, the drummer's name is Akihiko. Which I will proceed to never be able to pronounce from here on out. 
You can't pronounce Akihiko? I will forget in about five minutes. <laughs> and then I'm genuinely trying to remember the bass player's name. But I literally can't. I know it begins with a K. Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I will remember it halfway through this episode. I swear and then that. you'll just scream it. Yeah, as As true. we are one to do. Yeah. Uh, the bass player is one of my favorite characters. He is very, very much the team mom of the band. Yeah. Uh, one, like, immediately his part of, like, the instrumentals was my absolute favorite, which is strange coming from somebody that doesn't care much for bass players, but I just adore him. And we do find out that he has had a crush on Akihiko since, like, the moment he saw him. Yeah. So. Which is absolutely funny because he freaks out about anything that Akihiko does. Yeah, Akihiko absolutely knows that he has a crush on him. <laughs> I think he teases him he on does. purpose. <laughs> yeah. So, I really love their dynamic as well, but we even find out that he even started growing his hair out because of Akihiko. And he was the one who put the band together in the first place because... He had several bad experiences with his previous bands. Uh, his ex-girlfriend was the singer for one of his old bands, and she broke his heart, and then the whole band broke up and went with her instead. So he kind of got left in the dust. And then he put another band together with just people he knew from his college. And, and he's just like, fuck you guys, I'll start my own band. Yeah, so... With Blackjack and Hookers. So he did start his own band, and all of them were just kind of like, oh, we got better offers. So they broke up. And then he saw Oyama playing, you know, just with a different band. And he's like, wow, that guitarist is, like, insanely talented. I can't believe he's only in high school. That's crazy. And then he sees Oyama having a big fight with his bandmates. And he's just like, man, if he was in my band, I would give him way more freedom to do whatever he wants. He's way too talented to be told what to do. And he's like, oh, but he'd never join a band that only has a bass player. Like, Better swoop in on that shit. Well, he's like... he didn't have the confidence to he's like maybe if i had a really good drummer i could convince him but and then he finds out the guy he has a crush on is a really good drummer <laughs> <laughs> and it all just came together <laughs> hot damn and they named their band the seasons because each of their names have something to do with a different season of the year yeah so which was kind of a fun little tidbit on japanese names yes yeah oh yeah then later, Oyama convinces Mafuyu to join as the singer. Yeah, that one's funny because, like that that whole episode, he's he he got Mafuyu to like record him singing, mm -hmm. or no, it was it was he he convinced Mafuyu to sing in front of his two bandmates. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, guys, you gotta check this out. <laughs> I promise it'll be worth your time. The funny thing is, Akihiko actually heard Mafuyu <clears throat> earlier because of a conversation that Oyama and Mafuyu were having, which was like one of those really sweet moments. So Akihiko knew before, but then you see like the bass player is just like in shock. He's just like, oh my he's god. Ah. <laughs> I think my other favorite part was uh, this show has so many like little tiny silly moments that are just absolutely great and just make you go like, oh my God, these guys are all such dorks and I love them. Uh, there's one moment where 
when Oyama's first trying to convince Mafuyu to join the band, Mafuyu keeps turning him down. And every time Oyama tries to talk to him to be like, hey, I, I want to kind of try to convince you, try to sell you on this, Mafuyu's always kind of busy. At first, like, it's because he has to go to class, and then it's like he ends up having to do extra, like, work during his lunch break, so he can't talk to him then, and then... Afterwards, he has a job interview, so he has to hurry and go to that. And then Oyama's getting so frustrated, so he goes to tell his bandmates why he's frustrated. And the bass player's like, yeah, he's he just went to a job interview. He's not avoiding you. And he's like, how the hell did you know he went to a job interview? And he's like, he texted me? He, right? And they're like, Oyama and Akihiko are like looking at each other, and they're like, do you have his phone information? <laughs> they're just like, nope. wait a second. Uh... <laughs> You're the one in love with him. Why do we have his phone number and you don't? Akihiko didn't have it either. Only the bass player did. So yeah, it's... There's just so many like ridiculously silly moments. Like Oyama will go from being like this stern, cold, badass character to just suddenly like freezing and like his whole brain will just explode. Like... What have I done? <laughs> Why am I such an idiot? We've all had our moments like that. That's what makes Oyama so relatable, in my opinion. Because, one, as you mentioned, he's a sleepy high schooler. We've all been there. We've all wanted to go sleep during class or just avoid talking to people for a bit because we're just too exhausted or, you know, miss out on our part-time job because it's just like, oh, I'm just so tired. I just don't want to do anything. Life is boring and life's in a rut. And then at the same time, we have those moments of relapse where we're just like, fuck, what have I done? <laughs> How did it come to this? My life is over. <laughs> There's even one point in one of the episodes where he has to face the consequences of something that he did. And the narrator, like, there's, like, an actual narrator in the moment is, like, Oyama's already accepted that he's going to die at the young age of, like, 17. <laughs> he's lived a good life. It was at this moment Oyama knew he fucked up. <laughs> Freeze frame. Yep. Just, yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> 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 oh it's that kind of story i get it now record scratch freeze frame <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh i think that's one of the better things about this is that all the characters are on some level extremely relatable like i think one of the funnier aspects of the manga that never really made it into the anime but is actually really hilarious so the original manga cause a very, very big JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fan. And... I, I'm i beginning to think that just, like, every mangaka is a JoJo's <laughs> fan. Probably. But they're very open about their JoJo's fandom, because uh, every character in the series has their own stand. But their stands are just represented by, like, ridiculous like animals like uh mafu uses the pomeranian of course and then oyama is a black cat i love his little pomeranian though <laughs> and then uh one of the characters we meet later the violinist uh 
his is a raven, and they're just like, oh, I wonder why we never see his stand. And then it's revealed that the raven is like the size of the room. What the fuck? (laughs) So yeah, everybody in this series has their own stand, but they cut that out of the anime, because I think there would have been too many risks going against David Productions for that. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's it's silly and the characters are definitely like they're they're all very individual like there's no stereotypes among any of them and each of them are dealing with their own problems and they're all trying to just get by and doing their own thing and we find out some of them their problems run a lot deeper than others as we mentioned Mafuyu is dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder but also with a mental illness that he's had since he was a child and then we have the bass player whose biggest problem is that he just has a crush on his drum player. Has a crush on the drummer. Uh, grew his hair out for it. I love... I find it hilarious that like they're look, they're talking about getting part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh yeah, the, the bassist he has his modeling gig where they cut his hair. Yeah, his friend runs a YouTube channel... That teaches people how to style their hair. It's a uh, beauty guru channel. <laughs> like, like and that's so it. he's the model for male hair styles. Yeah, like, oh my god. So, <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah, they're... It's, it's fantastic. But <laughs> I lost my train of thought. So this whole... Like, one of the biggest differences, I think, between this series uh, versus... Carol and Tuesday is that in Carol and Tuesday, we get a brand new song every single episode. Like, at least one. There's usually two or three in the later episodes of Carol and Tuesday, but yeah, you if you actually went out to get the soundtrack of Carol and Tuesday just for the first half, there would be at least one per episode. And this one did not take that approach. A majority of the entire first season of this show is focused around the idea of creating one song. Yeah. Like, they have some of their instrumental songs that they have been doing for, like, years before the show started. Yeah, so they have some of their songs that they have as the seasons that they wrote and and they play, but they don't have any vocals to those songs. They're, They're strictly instrumental. Yeah, so they want to create a song just for Mafuyu, so that way he has something to sing during a gig that they kind of get roped into doing. <laughs> You're right. So, uh, and naturally, Oyama actually wants to write the song, and he bases it off of a song that Mafuyu, like, hums for him in the episode in episode two, which is actually really sweet, and I really like the melody, and I really like how it goes from, like, this really soft, quiet melody that's just being hummed to an actual rock song later. And seeing the transition for that is actually fantastic. And I've seen a lot of people say that this is their biggest criticism of the show, is that for a music anime, there wasn't a ton of music per episode. Okay, but I'm just throwing it out there. K-On, if you've ever seen it, mm-hmm. was kind of the same way. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of music, and yet K-On is one of the most beloved anime around. Yeah. Like, it's very popular. And like I said, I actually really liked the approach to it this way, because one, 
Mafuyu is an absolute amateur. Like, he doesn't know how to play guitar at all. The first few episodes, he's just learning basic chords and even things like this is how you plug in your guitar into an amp. Like, make sure you do it in this order, otherwise you're going to burst your eardrums. <laughs> and little things like that. So seeing the process and how difficult it was and watching each band member have to put in their own part of the song, like... We see them working both together on the song and as individuals. We see Oyama takes the first part of creating the song by creating the guitar riffs and the parts that him and Mafuyu would be playing. And then he passes that on to Akihiko and the bass player who then write their own parts. Then they have to practice those parts together and then they have to individually change those parts again to make them work better. And all the while they're also trying to teach Mafuyu how to play guitar and they've also tasked him with the burden of writing the lyrics to the song yeah and they're that's... just like uh oh Oyama, hey uh you you wrote the the tune uh mafuyu write the lyrics yeah like this they, is just this kinda, song is they for just kind of thrust it on him yeah they're like this this song is for you and you're our singer you should be the one who's writing the lyrics because you're gonna have to be singing them we want you to sing something that you genuinely feel feel and that's a lot compared to carol and tuesdays we're just gonna make up a song while washing our clothes yeah yeah (laughs) just you you just go for it yeah there's they're they write songs literally overnight (laughs) and it's not quite as realistic but that's supposed to be their charm is that they're both experienced enough in their own like jobs that they can do that really quickly where this takes a far more realistic approach and also reminds us that all of the characters are students mafuyu and oyama being high school school and and the other two being college yep and we also see their different levels of expertise where uh the bass player is actually studying a film so a lot of his expertise is mostly with images and he's the guy who knows people he's the one who actually gets them their gig because one of his friends is trying to recruit bands for an opening show at a local club and so he's he's the guy that you go to who knows people he gets them their photographer later uh he actually knows somebody who edits together their first like kind of makeshift music video out of their concert performance yeah. So that's that's his biggest role aside from playing bass, where Akihiko is a music major. He started, you know, very young playing violin. Uh, he basically will go to concerts regularly, anything from heavy metal to classical music. He knows a lot of people that are big names in, like, the classic music industry, and he knows a lot of people that can get him backstage passes and stuff like that. And he took up the drums when he felt like his violin career was over. So for him, not only does he feel like he's a second-rate musician, but he also knows more about music than anybody else. Versus Oyama, whose dad was a guitarist, and he just took up an interest because of that. His dad gave him one of his old guitars, and he just basically just, self-taught just, himself. Just, just passed it off to him. Just be like, here, kid, go entertain yourself. Let let dad watch his stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, his dad still works in the music industry. So, like, he... 
takes a lot of inspiration from foreign music. His dad travels the world because of his job and he brings him back CDs from all over the world. And so he's very, very picky about his music. He won't listen to like J-pop or idol music or anything like that. Like his favorite genre is uh, UK. So he's, he's a bit more particular and he taught himself how to play guitar. Yeah. So, which is why he's intimidated over the idea of teaching Mafuyu guitar. Cause he's like, I've never really been professionally taught. So I don't know what teachers are supposed to be like. And I taught myself everything. So I don't really know how to teach somebody else. And thus his reason for saying, go to the light music club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll teach you guitar. Yeah. He's like, I, I'm not a professional at this at all. <laughs> It's like, but he cares enough about Mafuyu that he wants to try, and it also does help his own personal people skills. The bass player's name is Haru. I was going to say, it's Haru. It's a Haru key. So it begins with an H, not a K, but it was the key. The end of his name that was throwing me off. Yes. So. That'll learn you. Haru key, yes. But each character has their own role as part of the band, and more importantly, each character has a role in kind of healing Mafuyu from his past. So from this point on the episode, we are going to go a bit into heavy spoilers, because there's just no way to talk about the rest of the story without talking about Mafuyu's past. Yeah. So if... I wouldn't say that... These spoilers would ruin the experience for you by any means if you're still interested. Like, I think you can know what happened and still enjoy the show for it's what it has to offer. But if you are concerned about that, go binge the series now. Hopefully we've sold you on it. So, Mafuyu... It's cute. It's enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, we mentioned that Mafuyu, when he was a kid, his father used to beat him for talking... Uh, the very first friend he ever met was a boy named Yuki, who told his parents about Mafuyu being beaten by his dad, who then called the police and his dad was arrested. From that point on, Mafuyu and Yuki became inseparable, both coming from, you know, households of single mothers and both taking care of each other and helping each other in every way. Yuki being an extrovert and very popular and outgoing and... Uh, Mafuyu being very timid and introverted. Very reserved. Yeah, they absolutely completed each other, and when they hit junior high, they started dating. It just felt natural. They were attracted to each other, and they completed each other's lives. And so they were together pretty much every single day through middle school. But in high school, Yuki ended up going to a different school from Mafuyu, and he ended up creating a band with two of their mutual friends. But this meant that Yuki had to take on things like an extra part-time job and band practice and all of that stuff because he's trying to make his dreams come true, which meant that... He so now he has less and less time for Mafuyu. Yeah. Mafuyu being absolutely stressed about this, like his boyfriend's not spending any time with him, he is completely alone, he feels abandoned, he's... A lot of that, like, mental illness started to surface. And I think all of us, you know, for those of you who have had a first love or been in a relationship where things weren't working out the way you wanted them to, you have stupid fights. And those stupid fights always 
lead to things that you can say that you can't take back. And Mafuyu has one of those moments where Yuki's trying to prove to him that he's still the most important thing in his life. And Mafuyu's just like, no, you don't care about me anymore. You're not there anymore. And he tells Yuki, he's like, would you be willing to die for me? And that was the last thing he said before he stormed off. And unfortunately, it's then revealed that Yuki was also dealing with a lot of mental illnesses of his own that were hidden by the fact that he was so outgoing and nobody ever suspected that he could have, like, a dark side to him. And unfortunately, he decides to drink a lot of alcohol and then he hangs himself. And it's supposed to be his message to Mafuyu that, yes, I would die for you. And I know that we don't normally do this kind of thing, but if you guys are listening and you guys are dealing with stuff like that, uh, please seek help. Seek help. Like, Re- reach out. Yeah. Like, even, even if it's just a small thing, mm-hmm. like a something small can go a long way, uh, just, just talk to someone. Yeah, you're never alone. And there are people out there that are willing to help you. And just like in the case of Yuki, sometimes those demons are not visible to everybody. Maybe not even yourself. Maybe the happiest person or the most confident person could still be capable of that sort of thing. So just make sure that everybody out there knows that they're not alone. No matter how bad things are. No matter what kind of fights you're in or what's going on with the people around you that nobody wants you to die. So no matter what those (laughs) trolls on the internet say. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we don't want you guys to die. So, but yeah, and we don't normally get that serious, but this show does, does cover stuff like that. Yeah. It's sometimes it's unavoidable. Yeah. And in the case of Mafuyu, the last thing he ever said to his boyfriend was, would you die for me? And that's not something that you can just shoulder or deal with or... Well, well, not even, like, especially not, you know, if they actually die. Yeah. You know, then all of a sudden you you have that that guilt hanging over your head. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. And, and it's might not necessarily be directly your fault... But because you said it, you feel like I caused this. Yeah. You know, like it's it's that guilt. Yeah. And what makes it a lot harder is that literally nobody in the show can understand how Mafuyu feels. And he even mentions that he himself doesn't know how he's supposed to feel. There's no one that can tell him, well, this is just how it is or this is how you should deal with it i mean what do you say to somebody in that situation and he's honestly a very strong character for just being able to get up and go to school and live his life and continue moving on and he has to tell himself every single day i'm not lonely i'm okay i i don't miss you and that's his coping mechanism. And that's 
like I said, the, the creator of the series definitely did their research on how deep that kind of mental illness can go and how scary it is to be in that situation and that everybody copes with it differently. I wonder um, I wonder if if the creator suffered from it. It's very possible or they possibly or even if, knew somebody who yeah. had been in a situation like that. But what is important is we mentioned that each of the bandmates have to contribute their own piece to the song. They work both together and as individuals to create something for Mafuyu, to create his ability to tell the world how he feels his ability to deal with what happened and in that same respect each of them are filling in those pieces of his heart that were shattered yeah and even even when like he gets writer's block obviously (laughs) because that's bound to happen in any scenario basically pretty much but like they're they're they even you know talk uh like the bassist and the the drummer talk to each other they're like hey i'll deal with this one if you deal with the other one yeah (laughs) you know so they basically have to split up and and kind of guide both uh uenoyama and mafuyu you know be like hey i know you're having issues but let's let's kind of take it a step this way and you know they they try to help him out Yeah, and this actually leads to probably one of my favorite scenes ever, which is right before their performance, Mafuyu still doesn't have the lyrics to the song finished. So they're basically... So so the band members are just like, well, let's just play it as an instrumental. Yeah, they're like, we won't sing. It's a new song, we just won't have any lyrics. Yeah, and because Oyama's telling Mafuyu, like, just don't sing, you're not ready, you couldn't do this, you know, we put too much faith in you he breaks the guitar string again and uh, Haruki actually tells him, he's like, you were the one who told him to sing. You were the one who told him to be a vocalist. You were the one who told him to do all this. And he's like, can you go get a new string and fix his guitar? And Oyama realizes in that moment, he's like, this whole thing started because I fixed his guitar and I was the one who put all this on him. And this is all on me. I have to fix this. And he runs to the nearest music store. He grabs replacement strings and he's fixing the guitar. And he's uh, telling Mafuyu, he's like, I feel like the heart is like guitar strings. If you tug on them the wrong way or if you try to push them too hard, they're going to snap. But at the same time, if they're not strung tight enough, they're not going to play music. Yeah. And he's like, but when they do snap... All you need to do is take the whole thing apart and put it back together. That somebody can be there to restring it. So so I'm not going to say I'm like an expert in guitar or anything, but like when he snapped the one string, he replaced all of them, which seemed a little odd to me. I think it's uh, to make sure that you're getting like the same like string because it comes in like one big roll. And so, like, if you buy, like, a different brand of guitar string, it could make the noise sound off. So, I think, like, if you're buying the exact same strings every single time, you probably don't have to worry about that. But even then, it's just better to be safe than sorry. Okay. Yeah, it just just seemed odd to me. I'm like, well, you only have to replace one string, right? Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those, like, 
An amateur guitarist might just replace the one, just be like, okay, I don't want to waste all of this, but like a professional is like, just to make sure everything sounds right, we're just going to replace everything. Okay. But yeah, so I really liked that metaphor of uh, Oyama literally restringing Mafuyu's heart. And then what we get is Mafuyu being able to stand on stage for the first time and sing exactly what's on his mind and to tell the world his story about Yuki about how it was his fault that he died about how like how he felt about him how cold he still is after everything was said and done and how he's been unable to move on and for the people in the audience who knew his story what they were seeing was somebody screaming at the top of his lungs everything that he's been holding back and it gives him the opportunity to finally be able to recover and to move on and it's in that moment that he realizes how much he cares about Oyama. yeah and i will say the one thing that i wish the anime would have kept that was in the manga is that at the very end of that song, uh, Oyama takes Mafuyu backstage and they have their very first kiss. And it's Oyama who initiates it. But in the anime, it's like this really quiet moment. In the manga, we actually hear what's going on in Oyama's head at the time. He's like, I can't help it. I can't hold back anymore. I'm in love. This is love. There's no other explanation for it. I'm madly in love with this boy and I cannot stop myself right now. And it was so much more powerful in the manga, and it was like it was still a really good moment in the anime, but I got to that moment in the manga first, and my heart just sang, like, just as much as Mafuyu was. <laughs> and it was like, it felt more impactful. It was like, this is both of them, Oyama growing and Mafuyu healing. And the anime gave us a little bit of a short sighted on that, but I think they didn't want Oyama's passion to override Mafuyu's passion in that scene. Yeah. So it's a delicate balancing act. And it makes it all the more impactful later when Oyama wakes up the next morning and he and, realizes... And he's like, wait a second, what happened yesterday? It's like, did I and really and kiss Mafuyu? And he's kind of having like his, his flashbacks and it goes to that, you know, it's the flashback of him kissing Mafuyu and he's like, Oh, fuck. Did I actually? And then it occurs to him later, he's like, wait. Wait, I didn't ask him how he felt before I did that. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, no! I'm a terrible human being! I just kissed somebody who doesn't like me! And so he goes to his apartment to apologize, and that's when he knows, he's like, I've accepted death. I'm just gonna die. That's all there is to it. I can't do anything else now. That's just... That's it. This is my last day on Earth. Farewell. I lived a good life. Such as the story, the, <laughs> the the tragic story of young guitarists. <laughs> but yeah, I one Mafuyu's song was incredible. Uh, I know a lot of people. Even, like, especially the manga readers were just like, we finally got to hear it. We finally got to hear the song. It's been driving us crazy because we've never got to hear it before because you can't hear manga. <laughs> and 
the series went Ugh. all out on it too. They they could have just created some cheesy little rock song, but they they did everything right. So the series is actually using a type of rock called math rock. And don't sounds ask sounds difficult. Yeah, don't ask me all this fine details of math rock, but all I know is that a lot of the like music nerds online are just like oh man this series they really know their music this is like classic math rock and then i was talking to uh sudi's husband who's into math metal and i was having him listen to the music from this series he's like yeah that's math rock and i'm like all right i guess this is math rock <laughs> so if you guys know what that is that's what this is <laughs> Uh, it's it's clearly them singing equations about the the gravitational forces on the Earth and yeah I have no idea. <laughs> uh, from my understanding, math rock is that each instrument has some kind of like formula that they have to follow or something. Somebody explained it to me and then it went all over my head. So all I know is that I grew up on rock and roll. And I like this music. And it is fantastic. And we kind of have to talk about how they animated it because they used a very, very unique system for it. Where normally a series like this would either go full 2D or full 3D. This series blends both of them. So the bodies and faces are actually 2D. Okay. And the arms and legs and anything they are using to play instruments are 3D. Which means that the 3D CGI can actually be extremely accurate on the instruments. Like the way that they hold the strings, the way that Akihiko has to hit the drums, everything like that is all done exactly how an actual band would do it. But that... keeping their like nice, beautiful 2D expressions and not making them feel super uncanny valley. That's weird. It works It's cool, really but that's well. kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that technique used before. Like I said, either they would go like full idol show where the models would just be completely 3D and then they would just cut to 2D anytime they had like facial expressions or whatever. But this series just, it did it a lot better by blending the two. And mind you, they're not perfectly seamless. I think that's something they'll probably clean up on the Blu-ray version, hopefully, but... I, I like the technique. I think it makes everything feel both emotional and accurate. Yeah. So. I see. Like I said, kind of weird. Kind of neat. Yeah. It is a modern day solution for a modern day problem. <laughs> That's right. Math rock. Math rock. Math rock. Click clack math rocks. Click clack math rocks. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, obviously this is a very, very emotional anime that has a lot of silliness to it. And there's a lot of characters at play, like... I'm actually trying to think of how many male versus female characters are they are, because... Uh, this series is basically, no one is hetero. Yeah, well, except maybe uh, Uenoyama's sister. Yeah, she's hetero, but she's... We're she doesn't sure. count. Yeah. I think if there was anything in the show that I wasn't happy with, it was the girl that had a crush on Oyama. So we find out that one of uh, his female classmates is 
had a crush she's on him. She's crushing for a while. on him, and and then she sees him hanging out with Mafuyu, and she's like, "Oh, hey, did you hear these rumors about him?" Yeah, so she starts spreading rumors about Mafuyu to Oyama to try to convince him to stop hanging out with him, and it's extremely petty. And mind you, she does apologize for it and realize her mistake later, but. I just felt like this was just kind of a cheap way for Oyama to find out about Mafuyu's past without Mafuyu having to confront him. And it just felt a bit unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Um, at the same time, high school kids. Th- that's fair. They're, they're petty. They're kind of dumb. Yeah. If you're a high school kid, you'll grow past it, I promise. I was genuinely hoping that she was going to go to the concert so she could see what, like, how much she actually hurt Mafuyu by the rumors that she was spreading. We see that her friend, who was kind of spreading the rumors as well, was there. And that she went to go see it with her boyfriend, and she's just like, I knew what that song was about, and I was so emotional over it. And I was just like, bitch, you were the ones who started the rumors. Like... Yeah. So I'm glad she kind of learned her lesson, but I was really hoping that the one girl would have as well. Like, she just kind of got a get-out-of-jail-free card from Oyama. Fortunately, she's not really a big character from that point of the show onwards, but yeah, she was just kind of a random wrench in the system. And it kind of threw off the series a bit for me. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I will say that... As much as I love the music from Carol and Tuesday, and as much as I love how they handle everything in that series, Mafuyu's song is a thousand times more powerful than anything that we saw in Carol and Tuesday, with maybe the exception of Angela's song. Yeah, I think uh, even in this, one of the band members, when, when, uh, is it one of the band members? I can't remember, but, but someone said when they hear him sing, they're like, uh, yeah, he's he's a good singer, but also you can tell that he's got a lot of emotion going into it. Uh, it's actually Akihiko's, for lack of a better word, his roommate. His roommate is the insanely talented violinist Vi- yeah. who is the reason Akihiko actually stopped playing violin. He's, he's the one that shot down Akihiko's violin career. And his love life. And, yes. <laughs> Boy, that's got to be weird. And they're living together. Boy, that's got to be weird. It gets weirder. Wait till season two. Uh, if the show's getting a season two. I hope it does, because the upcoming arcs in the manga are extremely powerful. And we go very deep into Akihiko's past. Yeah. Um, Akihiko has a very, very dark story. I would like it to. But... I'm not going to get my hopes up, to be honest. I think it's been doing pretty well, actually. Like, it might not be the most popular anime of the season, but I think it's doing fairly well by Crunchyroll standards. Uh, Mafuyu and Oyama have been in the top ten best couples of the season consistently throughout its run. Okay, but are there really a lot of other couples this season? But yeah, they've they've been doing well. Uh, I think the series it has a very loyal fan base, and I think even people that are just writing the seasonal hype 
can even admit that the series has been doing fine. So, yeah, no, like I said, I, uh, I'd like it too. I'm not gonna get my hopes up. Yeah, I've, you can I've always seen... read the manga. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I really, really do hope this gets a second season because one. The whole second arc is about Mafuyu's new song, where the first song was about Yuki, the second song is about Oyama. That's gay. It is gay. (laughs) (laughs) But I also, like I said, Haruki and Akihiko both get a very, very dark arc. And it it focuses less on Mafuyu because we already kind of dealt with his past. And he is still traumatized. It's not like his past or his mental illness just disappears because he sang a song that's not how it works damn this isn't disney (laughs) oh but we also get to kind of feel the weight that oyama has to deal with now that he's decided to commit himself to loving somebody who's has such a past yeah a little bit of a manga spoiler but it's such a good scene is uh there's one chapter where they end up like doing band practice super late and they have to go to school early the next day for like a test or an exam or something. So you just do an all night jam session. <laughs> well, the problem is that they definitely need to get some sleep so they can make sure they pass this test. But that's what caffeine is for. <laughs> They're they're children, Tyler. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Yu lives like outside of Tokyo, so for him, it's like he has to transfer to two different trains just to get home, and it's way too far away. So Oyama, you know, asks his parents like, "Hey, is it okay if my friend stays the night?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's fine. You know, he could just crash in your room." And Oyama, it hits him. He's like, "Okay, this is my boyfriend, and he's gonna be sleeping in my room." <laughs> He's like, I don't have any perverted thoughts, probably. But, <laughs> but he's like, I I guess we're just going to have to get there and just fall asleep immediately. Because otherwise I'm just not going to get through this night. And so that's the plan. But then when they get there, he notices Mafuyu is incapable of sleeping. And when he asks what's going on, he's absolutely fixated with a clock that's hanging on Oyama's wall. And it just kind of hits him. He's like, Yuki had the exact same clock. And it's just that little thing. And it's just this thing ticking on the wall. And he just literally can't take his eyes off it. Everything, like all those emotions and all that trauma just comes rushing back. It all just comes rushing back. And that really is how post-traumatic stress disorder works. It's, it's little sounds. It's familiar things. It's stuff like that. And at that point, Oyama's no longer concerned about like, okay, I'm not, I don't have any perverted thoughts anymore. And at this point, he's just concerned. He's like, I don't want Mafuyu thinking about Yuki anymore. He's like, I can't deal with it anymore. He's like, it's too much. I don't know how to heal him. And that's, like, they love each other, but it's at the same time, it's like, again, what do you say to somebody in that situation? Uh, yeah. You, you smash the clock. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, like, really. 
so yeah, uh, so I know a lot of people complain there's not enough music in this music anime, but I would rather have one really powerful song that encapsulates everything that this series stands for and everything that these characters have gone through than have a lot of small, catchy songs where the characters just made it up overnight. And okay, but have you ever had, like, a small, catchy song stuck in your head for, like, three days straight? <laughs> and I'm not here to say that I think Given is better than Carol and Tuesday, because if I had to choose one or the other, I honestly wouldn't be able to. I think they're both strong in their own, like, for their own reasons. And, again, this isn't about telling you guys which one you should watch. This is about explaining to you guys the pros and cons of both, so that way you guys can figure out which one sounds more right for you. That sounds like a coward's answer. <laughs> I'd it pick probably Car- is. I'd pick Carol and Tuesday. No offense to the show. I like this show. Uh, I just I just like the happy, upbeatness of Carol and Tuesday a bit more. And that's fair. But it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Sometimes I want to watch sad things, Okay. Sad. Some, sometimes you just need a good cry. Sad. I will 100% give you that. Yeah, watching sad anime is genuinely a coping mechanism. And I think the given covers more important issues. But I think Carol and Tuesday is really fun and is beautifully animated and has fantastic characters in its own right. Yeah. So, like I said, I really wouldn't be able to tell you which one is better and right now, I genuinely don't think it's my job to tell you guys which one is better. I think it's my job to tell you guys that you should watch both of them and figure you out should, for yourself you which one is better. You should make your own informed opinion. And that's really all it is, is like, while, while we do this and we pretend like we know everything. Mm-hmm. Actually, you pretend like you know everything. <laughs> I pretend like I know nothing and just crack jokes. <laughs> but we pretend like we know these things. But really, when it comes down to it, it's all just opinions. Yeah, I do think you should watch both shows, to be honest. I think that the people who slept on Given, either because they heard the pacing was boring, or because they just weren't interested in boy love, I say put that to the side, because the message in this show is so powerful and so important, and... So, so like I was saying earlier, with the people who say they can't watch it because it's boy love, like, just think of it as just any other romance. Yeah. You know, it's not really any different than something like Fuka, you yeah. know, which was also a romance anime based around music. It The only difference is male on male. Like, really, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just cute. It's... It's about the relationship. It's not about them fucking. Yeah. I mean, there is one sex scene in it, but you don't see anything, you guys. <laughs> yeah. And I I do know somebody that said that they were extremely uncomfortable that they showed two teenagers, like, implying that they were having sex, and then later one of the characters was like, hey, let's go have sex later. But, uh, teenagers have sex. <laughs> teenagers have sex, guys, and it's not like it was... A teenager and a 55-year-old guy. Yeah. The, you know? Like... Like, then it would be awkward. Yeah, teenagers have sex. As long as you're not getting off to it, that's a completely different issue. So, 
Just realize it's just saying like, hey, these these kids did have sex. You don't need to think it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my two cents on that. And again, I'm grateful that the sh- the series isn't all about making things hot. Thank God. Right? Everything is pretty grounded and realistic, in my opinion. Other than everybody in the series is gay. <laughs> or bi. Everyone's gay. Um, <laughs> there are zero heterosexuals in this series. So so I'll say it, it, it kind of follows the same formula as a lot of music anime. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, hey, there's this new person, you know, they, let's, let's teach them guitar, or, you know, let's, let's do this, and, and come to find out they're either really good at it, or, like, they, they could, they're really good at singing, and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not, it's kind of that same formula yeah. as all of them, like, K-On had it, uh, Fuka had it, you know, like, every music-based anime I've seen has yeah. pretty much had this, hey, this person needs to learn. Oh, wait, they're really talented. Yeah. I'd also like to point out just kind of a little fun fact. So the uh, OP for this anime was actually, like, if you listen to the lyrics, it's actually uh, Mafuyu singing about Yuki. Because, like, the whole, like, uh, big lyric at the beginning is uh, everything you left behind became my everything. So it's obvious that the song is about Yuki. But also the ending song is actually sung by the voice actor who plays Mafuyu. And in the very first episode, the ending song was just the piano version. But at the end of the second episode, we actually got to hear him sing. And that one is about uh, Oyama. Oh, okay. Yeah, because those lyrics are more about like, uh, we're just two crazy people trying to find our place in this world. We don't know what we're doing, but let's keep moving forward. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like the fact that either, even though neither of those songs are part of, like, the canonical universe of songs, that it is about, like, Yuki versus Oyama. And we do see a lot of parallels between that. Like, Yuki is snow, and his name is connected to winter, and uh, him and... Uh, Mafuyu, like, a lot of their memories are, like, during wintertime, and Mafuyu constantly refers to his story about Yuki as it happened one winter evening. And then his story with Oyama is it happened one summer evening, and Oyama's name is connected to the season summer. And, yeah, so there there is the distinct parallel between the coldness of his past and the warmth of his future. A lot of gay shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, the name given is actually comes from Mafuyu's past. I like the way they came up with it. Yeah, like they they're sitting there like, hey, wait, we've we've now got another person in our band. Let's let's change our name. And and so they sit down and they have their their little game, you know, naming session, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. And they're like, well, we could still you know stick with the seasons. Or, you know, we can slightly alter it like a lot of bands have done when they've mm-hmm. changed. And, you know, and, and it got to the point of... He mentions... Mafuyu's uh, like, oh, yeah, the the my guitar was, you know... It was it was, given. it was a gift. It was yeah. a given to me. So I want the word give to be part of the name. Yeah. And then Akihiko's like, all right, let's combine seasons and give. And he's like, given. 
And he's like, all right, that's our new band name, Given. Everybody's like, cool, that's, Sweet. we all agree on it. And then Mafuyu's <laughs> like, aren't are we going to have a longer meeting about this? <laughs> yeah. And he's all depressed because he thought it was going to be more complicated than that. Right. And then they start their social media page and they put up their music video and I think uh, the beginning and of the second... And then they get another gig. Yeah, the beginning of the second season, I think we'll probably get to see their like big photo shoot that they did, which is really cool. Yeah. So, which is why I'm hoping we really get a second season. Because <laughs> it's about them like now that their band like is starting to be noticed by people, and they now kind of have like their own image, and they have an official name, and they've kind of established themselves as like a serious band. They're trying to grow. And they're trying to be like, okay, we have to set some ground rules in... The funny thing is, is one of the, like, the unspoken rules about bands, you don't date your bandmates. <laughs> and the whole season starts with Oyama and Mafuyu dating. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, dating your bandmates are cursed because it always ends wrong. That's how every band breaks up. That's the problem. And Akihiko's like, uh, well, I kind of rooted for you guys, so just don't let anybody find out. <laughs> so they kind of have to keep their relationship a secret. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it gets complicated. I can imagine. <laughs> it also gets really cute. So hopefully the show gets a second season. So you guys should definitely go check it out, if only so that way Crunchyroll can see that enough people want there to be a second season. So... By the time this episode goes live, Given will have been completely finished for this season. It's only 11 episodes long. Uh, maybe they'll do what they do with all anime now, where instead of getting a second season, it gets a movie. So, yeah. <laughs> I hope not. Let's, let's advance the story with a movie. And then we'll get a second season. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I hope not. Uh, I hope we just get a second season. If I'm being honest. I want to hear what his song about Oyama is. Uh, passionate lovemaking? <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. No, they have. They've. They've only kissed so far. Holding hands is still hard for Oyama. Oh man, makes him blush. <laughs> yeah, he gets all flustered. It's cute. Oh poor baby. <laughs> He, the first time he sees uh, Mafuyu in a yukata, it's really cute. Well, that sounds really gay. <laughs> they, like, go to a festival together. That does sound cute. <laughs> so, yeah, go check out this cute gay boy band anime, you guys. Math Rock. Math Rock. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap that up. Uh, next week, we have special guest Siobhan from Ugami Cosplay. That was, the episodes were re-recorded, so it was fun. We, yeah, we recorded them backwards. We're from the future. Oh, snap. <laughs> Time travelers. Yep. Also, because we haven't mentioned it in a while, Tyler, tell people where they can get our merchandise. Uh, brainmyshopifycom And what can they get there? We have stickers and magnets and t-shirts. And there's even some cracked brain shoes. And mugs. And mugs. And clocks to traumatize your future boyfriends with. 
Wait, how are they traumatizing? We talked about the clock earlier. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, if that gets animated, we're going to have to composite a kawaii cast clock into the scene. Of course. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. We'll go ahead and leave it with that. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.